What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. Back at it again. We're going to jump right into some recaps. Because nothing better than just talking about some pure baseball. Some recaps of the games that occurred on Thursday. So we're going to start in Miami, where the Phillies took on the Marlins. The Phillies beat the Marlins. We have something interesting going on in the NL East. We know both these teams have been in the thick of it all year long. So this is obviously an important head-to-head matchup. And Michael Michael Lorenzen was on the bump for Philadelphia, the trade deadline acquisition from Tuesday. And he came as advertised, which is what they're saying. His teammates are saying eight innings, two earned runs, five strikeouts for the new Phillies right-hander. He was really sharp on the mound. And then at the plate, his battery mate, JT Realmuto, was two for four with a two-run homer. His 13th bomb of the year. So a nice Phillies debut for Lorenzen, who had been with Detroit all year up until this point. But a 4-2 victory over the Marlins at Lone Depot Park. So this is actually the first time a Phillies pitcher threw eight or more innings in his Phillies debut since Cliff Lee threw a four-hit complete game in San Francisco on July 31st, 2009. Cliff Lee was a huge pickup at the 2009 trade deadline. He helped the Phillies return to the World Series. Maybe Lorenzen can do the same. You know, I kind of forget that the Phillies were in the World Series last year. It seems like it was so long ago, but they were. And that was a, a magical postseason for Philadelphia. And they're trying to get back there this season. So he was really efficient from the jump, but, you know, the Phillies really needed this. This was actually the third longest Major League Baseball game of the season on Wednesday night. A four-hour, six-minute affair. It ended with a crushing 9-8 to eight loss in... 12 innings, which was, uh, you know, this is not on Thursday, but this was actually, you know, on Wednesday. So on Thursday, they come back and they actually win after a really bad win on a really bad loss on Wednesday. But, you know, whenever you're facing the Marlins, they're just a pesky team. You know, they're not like, you know, they're not talking about them as a juggernaut, but they're a pesky team. Tough to get some outs in that lineup. Obviously, Luis Arias, who leads Major League Baseball with like a 380 average or whatnot, but if you look at that NL East, you have Philadelphia, who are in second place. Of course, they're not going to catch Atlanta, but they own a wild card spot. If the playoffs started today, they would have a wild card spot. But Miami's only half a game behind Philadelphia, so these head-to-head matchups are really important. Both these teams are going to be, you know, jockeying for that wild card spot the rest of the way. And then, of course, the Mets and Nationals are out of the picture at this point. Let's jump to Anaheim, opposite side of the country, where the Angels ended up losing, actually. But Shohei Otani homered in this game. It was Angels versus Mariners. Otani was on the mound. He left his start after four innings due to cramping in his right middle finger. But that did not stop him from hitting his major league leading 40th home run. In the eighth inning. Why am I talking about Otani in a game where they lost? Well, it's because of the 40th home run. That's a big milestone, obviously. That's a big round number. He's hit 40 before, you know, when he won MVP two years ago. But getting to 40 now in early August, he's on pace for, I mean, we're, we're going to see 50 plus bombs from Otani this year. I think he hit 48 the other year when he won MVP. I think we're going to see 50 for sure this season. He's the runaway favorite to win AL MVP this year for the second time in three seasons. And yeah, I mean, if he had blisters on his finger, which stopped him from pitching, it did not absolutely 
It did not impact his bat whatsoever. So, at the end of the day, the Mariners end up winning this game, actually. 5-3 in a series opener at Angel Stadium. It was because Angel's closer, Carlos Estevez, could not hold a two-run lead in the ninth. He gave up a grand slam to Cade Marlowe in the ninth inning. It was actually the first blown save of the year for Estevez, and it dropped the Angels to four games behind Toronto in the AL wildcard chase. So that's it's not, not, not a great result for, for the Angels. Let's head to Toronto. Speaking of the Blue Jays, so Toronto had to face Jack Flaherty and the Orioles. That's a sentence that no one's ever said before because this was Flaherty's first career start for the Orioles. He had just been traded earlier this week, and this was Orioles' debut. And uh, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. All in all, it was a 6-1 Baltimore victory to clinch the series win. And Flaherty carved up the Blue Jays lineup for most of the day. He struck out eight over six innings of one-run ball. And this is one of the best pitching debuts in Orioles history, actually. I mean, he's the first pitcher to go six or more innings with one earned run or fewer in his O's debut since Jeremy Hellickson did it with seven scoreless on August 2nd, 2017. Flaherty's eight strikeouts were tied for the fourth most in a Baltimore debut since 1954. So... Whatever you want, whatever these edge stats you want to use, either way, Flaherty looked really good in his debut. Ryan Mountcastle continued to rake in Toronto. This dude has always raked there. He was 4 for 4 with an RBI in Toronto. As, yeah, I mean, if you look at, if you look at his numbers, right, in Toronto over the years, Rogers Center has basically become a second home for him. Because if you look at this over four games, he hit 846, going 11 for 13, reaching base in 14 of the 18 plate appearances. In a four-game series, that's the highest batting average for any player in Orioles history over a four-game series. 11 for 13. So, I think Mountcastle likes being north of the border. Uh, in his career, he's a career 333 hitter at Rogers Center with seven doubles, six homers, 21 RBIs, and a 1046 OPS. So, yeah, I think uh, the O's... I'm sorry, the Blue Jays are happy to see him leave. But uh, Mountcastle had been on the injured list from June 13th to July 9th. Since returning, he's at 460 with seven doubles, two homers, 10 RBIs over 18 games. He's raked, absolutely raked. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Ryan Mountcastle. But O's get a big divisional win there, create some breathing room. But not that they need breathing room from a playoff perspective, but in the division, of course, because the Braves are still only two games behind them, but Baltimore is first place in the AL East, and uh, they're trying to hold on to that, because no one wants to play these, you know, play-in or these wild-card matchups. You want to win the division. That's There's real incentive to win the division nowadays. Let's head down to Texas, where Max Scherzer made his Rangers debut. So, they got him at the deadline, and you know, he shook off a rough first inning, a three-run first, and he ended up striking out nine in this game. And, uh, you know, it was a tough first inning. Three runs, 37 pitches. At the end of the day, it was a 5-3 Rangers victory over the Chicago White Sox. And Scherzer ended up getting a quality start. Marcus Semyon hit a solo home run in this game. And, uh, you know, Scherzer realized this is going to be the kind of offense that gives him run support. The Rangers have an electric offense this season. And they're going to score runs for their guy. 
So he just needs to keep them in the game. That's what they got him for. They're trying to win a World Series. You keep him in the game. Of course, he might get a quick hook when October rolls around. He might get a quick hook. They're not going to let him go deep into the game if he doesn't have it. But give him solid four innings, and uh, the bullpen can take it from there. That's kind of how playoff baseball works nowadays. But at the end of the day, Scherzer, six innings, three earned runs, nine strikeouts in his Rangers debut. So these are some of the highlights, some of the main highlights from Thursday around the league. Um, let's kind of maybe let's do a couple more. Let's take a look at Astros Yankees. So the Yankees beat the Astros in New York and Anthony Volpe was the difference here. End of the day, uh, this was a close game, you know, homers on both sides, but Volpe with the go-ahead single in this one between two teams who are still obviously jockeying for key playoff position because the Yankees are last in the AL East, but that's a juggernaut division. They're only two and a half games back in the wild card. Astros are second in the AL West. They, they still have a chance to catch the Texas Rangers. The Astros are only one and a half games back in their division. And Anthony Volpe with the go-ahead single kind of makes him, uh, you know, the guy with the spotlight. But at the end of the day, it's a team effort. Uh, Billy McKinney and John Carlos Stanton did go back-to-back. Kyle Tucker did homer for Houston. And Martin Maldonado went three for three for Houston. So that's going to do for today, folks. That's all we're going to cover. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.